leadership has to come from the bottom, and eventually we will affect the top. Our poor communicators, we would rather uh, talk behind people's back until instead of uh, confronting them. Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, premier, professional, and proactive, brought to you by the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association. I'm your host, Clayton O'Brien, and I'm the fire chief for the city of Oregon, and I'm an active member of the association. I currently sit on the executive board for the Ohio Fire Chiefs Foundation, and I became an association fellow in 2021 as part of class number 10. The Ohio Fire Chiefs Association exists to improve the safety of Ohio by leading, representing, educating, and supporting Ohio emergency services. This podcast is not only for the members of the association, but also for any other fire and emergency service leaders. It is the purpose of the association to promote education, best practices, and study ways and means to cope with the ever-increasing need for a better understanding of the complex problems which are being presented to the fire protection and emergency services of our nation today. And I'm joined by my co-host, Assistant Chief Joel Fry from the Napoleon Fire Department and Fire Chief Joshua Hartberger of the White House Fire Department. Thanks, Clayton. Hello, I'm Joel Fry, Assistant Fire Chief for Napoleon Fire and Rescue. I am a current member of the OFCA, and I currently sit on the Education Committee. I am happy to be here, striving to advance the fire service as a whole. And I'm Joshua Hartbarger from the White House Fire Department. I'm also a member of the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association, and I sit on the Education Committee and the Legislative Committee. Welcome to episode 13 of the Triple P podcast. And today we're lucky to have Dr. Candace Ashby. So we are all live here, or not, I shouldn't say live, I guess we are recording, but we're at the Winter Symposium. Um, so if you didn't get to make it this year, then make sure you really look out for the information coming out next year because we really want to see you if you can make it. But uh, the lineup this year was with Dr. Candace Ashby. This is, uh, she has over 32 years of experience and she is currently a battalion chief with the Indian. Indianapolis Fire Department. Her educational background includes a doctorate of management in organizational leadership. She is a president of key fire investigations and elite public safety consulting. Dr. Ashby enjoys making a positive impact on the fire service through coaching and mentoring other fire officers in all areas of management and leadership. And I will say after just sitting in your class, I can see exactly what you do. So uh, welcome to the Triple P podcast, Candice. If you'd like to, you know, just tell us a little bit more about yourself of what we've already did a little bit of an introduction. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Um, actually, it, and it is 32. I have a little over 32 years of career experience uh, in the fire service. I'm at 37. Now, going wow. back to 1986 when I joined as a cadet at the sweet age of 16 and then was a uh, volunteer part-time on call until I turned 21 and went to the career fire service. So I have been around for a couple of years and I've learned uh, some tricks and trades uh, along the way uh, that I try to share now back uh, to hit all the generations that are in the fire service, not just the old ones. So 32 years, <laughs> like, like that's a long that time. That is a lot of knowledge. And, and I, knowledge. yeah, a lot of knowledge, a lot of people that you've had experience with, but I will say like, you don't look like you've been in the fire service for 32 years and especially in a department, the size of Indianapolis. Well, that's because I dye my hair and we consolidated <laughs> in with Indianapolis in oh. 2009. So I wasn't raised IFD. I merged in from a smaller department on the South side. Okay. So, yeah, so I, I, I must have missed that little bit of part, I guess, in the beginning, or maybe didn't put two and two together. So there was a different department on the south side that then merged in as Indianapolis took over the whole thing. Yes. Okay. We took over several township departments around 
Indianapolis. So when you told your story about that negative experience about being the, like a female in the firehouse, you were talking about that first initial fire department before it merged into Indianapolis. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense now. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I have to say, I think uh, this is probably what, seven, seven or eight years we've been coming to Winter Symposium. And a lot of great speakers have been lined up for a long time, but I'm going to be honest, that was probably one of the best classes I've sat through in the entire time that I've been oh, coming wow. down here. Thank it you. was impactful. I, I mean, you were able to, you were able to relate to a lot of us and then just share your experiences. I mean, you kept, you kept a lot of attention. We could definitely, we could tell that. So I appreciate Excellent that. Job. Yeah. I feel like there's just uh, not one point in there that you weren't relating to everybody in the room in some way. Good, good. That's, that was the intent that, that you know, try to, it, it's the same everywhere we go. And to be able to relate and, and to throw it out there. But the one thing I didn't cover that I wish I would have, and I'll, and I'll try to put it in tomorrow, is we have a lot of firefighters that live in the past where things yes. have been done to them, you know, they're treated unfairly or what have you, or they were promoted, they were demoted, they whatever it may be. And I go to a lot of fire departments and they say, well, you know, this was done to me last month or last year or two years ago. And I tell them I'm incredibly sorry that that's happened, but the way I see it, you have two choices. You can still you know, lay on the ground and waller around in your self-pity, or you can pick your ass up and move on. Yep. And that's what we need more of. That's what we train our kids to do, that when you, you know, you get kicked when you're down, you got to pick yourself up and keep moving. And we have a hard time doing that in the fire service because we get stuck in a rut and being bitter over things that's happened in the past. Well, we can't change the past. All we can do is today's a new day and let's go forward in the future and make it better. Yeah, I so I really connected to that part of where you talked about um, you were in an organization that doesn't go so well. Uh, you're being treated like crap every single day that you go in, but you had this mentality that you were not going to rob my passion and joy of the fire service. I wasn't going to allow anybody to take that. And I will say that's Joel and I, Back in the day when uh, when we worked on the line, we had not the greatest leadership that we worked under. And um, I felt the exact same way. I felt like I wasn't going to have somebody take it away from me because of the the, the actions or the, the things that the, maybe the chief was doing at the time. So that's kind of how this whole thing of being born of worry about the things that you can control and, and then go from there. So if you worry about those things you can control, then you just... You control yourself, your attitude, yeah. have a good attitude when you come to work and try to be, you know, do, make a difference for yourself because otherwise you can sit in the past, sit in the pity party and then mm-hmm. say, Hey, you know, I'm upset about this because somebody else made a decision. And then all you're doing is you're going to find yourself in misery each and every day. Right. And that's what I'll talk about tomorrow too, during the management and leadership is that we can't control, you know, what is in our control and what's not in our control. And what's not in our control is our supervisors, how they do, how they think, what they, you know, how they behave. But what is in our control is our own attitudes, actions, and behaviors, just what you said. And we need to get more focused on that to say that's, you know, that, and that's how, what's gotten me through uh, some of the dark times in the fire service. And it sucks to have a leader above you that's not a leader. So that's really kind of an oxymoron that we don't want to say it's leader. It's a bad person that's in a position of authority above you but make that a learning opportunity of what not to become. Yeah, it sucks at the time, but you can learn more from the bad ones as you can the good ones. Mm-hmm. Well, you can, either make, so it, you can either make it worse for yourself or you can try to make it better. Yeah, I mean, there's exactly. not many other options. Right. Yeah, that's a good point, Joel, because like if you, you have the full control, so it's like either you're going to make it worse for yourself, live in misery, live in negativity, or take the positive out of it and create whatever you want. And that's, and, and I feel like, you know, 
we have the best job in the world. Like yes, I, I do. just, I just don't believe I've done so many different jobs. I just feel like we have the best job in the world. So, um, but, but you touched one of the things that you touched on that I absolutely loved in this class is where you first started. You, you drew a pyramid up on the, on the easel. And in that pyramid, I'll let you kind of explain what, what, what that pyramid was, what it was about, because I feel like that was super impactful for the audience that we had today, but also for the fire service as a whole. Well, I draw the pyramid up to depict the hierarchy in which we work under. Our organizational structure is the shape of a pyramid where we have more people on the bottom, thus that's why it's a pyramid shape, than we do the top. And then I divide it into thirds where I have the admin at the top and the operations division at the bottom. And I tell people where I come from and how I see the fire service is there's a disconnect from the top to the bottom. And that disconnect is communications. Now, the people at the top came from the people at the bottom. People at the bottom blame the people at the top for everything in the fire service, from our morale to how, you know, it, it's just terrible at the time, and uh, we're never going to get better until we get the top guy out of there. And I come in and say, no, 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 get that out of your mindset because it's not that way. Change the guy at the top. You're still going to have issues until we start facing that we're in an organization and it takes all of us to be successful and work together so we can get the entire organization moving forward. So that's why I put the picture up there to kind of show, yes, the top gives us direction, but that motivation and commitment comes from the bottom. And the people at the bottom, they sit and wait for the people at the top to do all the work, and it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. But it goes both ways, though, right? Because uh, that stemmed into a part of where another thing that I thought was impactful was that it stemmed into a part that if you are at the bottom and you never have any time to to be heard, (laughs) to be able to tell or what, or nobody's at the top listing, it does take individuals at the top to be able to listen to everybody at the bottom, at least, you know, to a point. Like, it's not saying that you know, you're going to always be able to implement everything that your your company comes to you and tells you or your staff is going to be able to do. But at least, you know, being able to listen, then explain why you can or cannot or what the process is, right? Exactly. And that's part of what I do when I go in and do organizational problem solving for fire departments is I go in with the people on the street and I just be, I just listen. I'm just I'm here to hear what you have to say. And that in itself increases morale by the time I leave just because they, somebody just got they got to get it off their chest and to be heard. And then I give that information to the fire chief. Still to today, I have not told a fire chief anything that they don't already know, Mm -hmm. uh, except when I push a piece of paper aside and say, let me tell you where the perceptions are, because they typically don't agree with them. Uh, But they need to know that. If we we keep hiding this stuff from the fire chiefs, how are they ever supposed to improve? Mm -hmm. And so we need more open, honest communication from the top all the way to the bottom and the bottom all the way to the top. But people at the bottom believe that they're not worthy because they're not sitting in a top job. And they don't realize the, the incredible power that they hold at the bottom, that that's truly where the power of the organization is. And the next person that goes to the top's coming from that bottom. So what are we training and ingraining and mentoring people to do today that's going to affect our change for tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. What are we doing today to make the fire service better today than it right. was yesterday? And that's why yep. it's... The other class that I do is leadership from the bottom up, and that's where I came up with that because the real leadership has to come from the bottom, and eventually we will affect the top. And I think that was a point when you mentioned constructive criticism and how we don't all love constructive criticism, but each one of us, you know, that's what we expect from our people. You know, we, we need to, you know, provide this feedback to them so that they actually better themselves, and you're right. I mean, to me, it was just kind of baffling to hear. It's like every chief doesn't like to hear that. Well, you know, we have to. Some of the best constructive criticism I've ever had has come from that line individual that is willing to sit down one-on-one with me and tell me what I'm doing wrong. You know, for me to have that open mind to say, spot on, 
you know, this is something that I have to change. And is it within me to be able to make that change? So that was, I took that away and that was pretty awesome. And I love doing it. I love being able to give a fire chief something nobody else is going to give them and do it in a way that's authentic and it's honest and open. And what are they going to do? Not hire me back. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, so I can say what the guys want to say. I can say to the guys what the chiefs want to say that they can't say and try to bridge that gap between the operations and the administration and try to move the entire organization forward as a reset. Well, well, that's a good point to how you just put it. Just says move that organization forward as a reset. It gives them a, uh, an, you know, an equal playing field, if you will. If, if, if you did come in and you were able to sit down with all the firefighters, they feel open and they want to be honest. And they just, they, like we talked a little bit on break, they all think that they have the answers around the kitchen mm-hmm. table. And, and they truly believe that they have the answers around the kitchen table. And I truly believe sometimes they do as a fire chief that sometimes <laughs> they do. do. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, because we all sat around the kitchen table a lot. Now I will say that that's been the focus for like in my own self, uh, being to make sure that if you don't communicate and over communicate that they're going to make it up. And most of the time it's like that. They just make they, it's, you know, negative. it's negative. It's yeah. negative. Yeah. You know, so like mm-hmm. just explain to them why, because if they only see the end result and the end result is no, like um, some pieces of advice being like, you know, go in the mindset that if a firefighter asks to do something, then your first instinct as chief should be, yes, we can do that. If it's not, yes, we can do that. Then those firefighters that you talked about in your classes, sometimes they just want to be heard until, and if they stop speaking or they stop communicating back, then how do you ever know what needs to be changed? Because they'll eventually just stop speaking because they're not heard and then there's no action ever taken. But if if on the end of the chief, if it's just like, oh no, every time an idea is brought up and you automatically say no, I try to look at it as like, let's say yes and then prove to me why we can't, if that makes sense. Yes. And then, you know, what I go in and do in just a few minutes where I get them to solve the problems that they give me and they do it in 10 minutes or less, well, the whole idea when I sit down with the chief is continue to do that even after I'm gone. Yeah. Have those meetings and have those uh, conversations that keep continuing to push the organization forward. But I need everybody to understand we're never going to solve all the issues. We're only going to bring issues to the surface that we can work on together. And then I come back in a year, there's still going to be issues. Mm-hmm. It's just a continuous uh, uh, cycle that we go through of improvement, which is what change truly is. It's not ever we're going to, re- you know, be at this destination that we're going to be 100% problem free because that's unrealistic. But hopefully through that, we can prevent the cyclic effect. You yes. know, these, these problems keep, uh, keep popping up all the time. And that, uh, I like how you kind of worded it. It's like, you know, in the past problems in the past, the problems will be in the future. Let's work on what we have right now. And it's, it, it is so true. I mean, taking, taking that opportunity, that moment to be able to work with them, listen, I mean, just for culture alone, it, it is a collaborative team approach. Yeah, so. that, that kind of goes back to the yes. And, you know, question, yeah. You know, yep. when you're yep. listening to people, because yep. me and Chief O'Brien, you know, 12 years ago when we were together on the line, we had a chief that was a no. No matter what you said, it was a no. So we would take it upon ourselves to just talk loudly outside of the office. And all of a sudden, your your ideas would come to light in a week or two. Yep. And you made him his ideas <laughs> yeah, instead exactly. of yours. It couldn't <laughs> yeah. be yours. So we just, Isn't that crazy? We and just perception. passed it on. You know, that, that is exactly. perception. And sometimes you hit on, you know, know your people, which is the, the delivery of the communication and the message is different to each officer. And I mean, that's something you and I were just talking about the other day. You know, with, with my three officers that I have that work on the uh, full-time uh, shift basis, I know that I have to, you know, deliver that message a little bit differently because some are very good in email, some are very good verbally, and you do have to know your people to get that message across. 
So in that, in that pyramid. So you have the, you have the firefighters at the bottom. You have the, in the middle was company officers and which I, I write with you. Like, I feel like that's the, the, the hardest, but most important position in the entire fire department. So if you're a company officer, what would be the advice that you would give a company officer today if they were, if they felt like they were in an organization that maybe had was surrounded by some negativity or surrounded by a culture that you know wasn't willing to change or move or advance, or or you just didn't feel like it was clicking as a team, like what would be the advice that a co- to from you to a company officer what they could do to maybe try to mend that? Well, it's the same advice I think I give myself because I feel like even though I work for a very progressive organization, I also feel that there's times that we stall out and I don't get to do the things that I think we should do or that should be done as an entire organization, but that does not stop me from going in and doing what I can to affect the change of the people around me. And even if it gets, you know, if it's an officer, it's great because they have a crew and they can affect change within that crew. If it's a firefighter, and often I get that, well, they can affect change as well, even with another backstep firefighter. That's, you know, the person to, uh, person-to-person accountability. That's where that really comes in to say, we're going, you know, I'm sorry if that's that at the time that you feel stalled out, but don't give up. Continue on, and eventually you will get in a position that you can affect real change if you keep moving up the chain of command. If you stay at the bottom, you can still affect change in those people that's around you on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and I, th- I think that uh, you can affect change on that's around you every day, but just being co- so focused on, again, back to looking at self, look yourself in the mirror have the environment and create the environment for yourself that you want to go into each and every day. So are you, are you making a better impact for the other firefighters around you or are you, are you bringing positive or are you bringing negative? Mm-hmm. And I really believe in the growth and development of people. And mm-hmm. that obviously is the essence of leadership. That's what Harvey fire, you know, Firestone had come up with the growth and development of people is the highest calling of leadership. And if we grow and develop ourselves and grow and develop the people around us, we don't have time to get caught up in the political uh, melee that happens day to day from that environment. And I've been on the small department where we get caught up on what the chief does. Let the chief do the job. Come in and be for the job and for the, you know, when you understand that the most important person, the guy on the right and the guy on your left, and you start to get what this job is about and the customers that we serve. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, communication, that was number one on your list um, and probably the most important of the success and or the failures of organizations, right? Yes. Um, and so can you can you talk a little bit about uh, the importance of communication and maybe some tips to be able to communicate from maybe if you're a fire chief needing to maybe make a change to communicate better with your organization and how they could go about that um, and or the tips of being a firefighter and being able to communicate, uh, you know, back up or to anybody else that's around you? Well, the communication is, and I think it goes any industry, but especially the fire service because of the way we work for 24 hours a day in a team environment where we're living together, but we are poor communicators. We would rather uh, talk behind people's back until instead of of confronting them one-on-one. Same way with the administration and the operations division. Now, I believe part of that disconnect of the us versus them is the 8 to 5 versus a 24-hour, or if it's a volunteer part-time department, just that uh, gravitational pull from being at the top to the bottom. But so often I hear young people say they they don't know their fire chief, they don't have that relationship, and the only way to build those relationships is through communication, face-to-face communications. You can't get that from a computer or from behind a cell phone text messaging back and forth. While that's a good channel of communications, you're never going to be able to build trust. And the whole idea behind the communications drive is 
is that we have got to, to do more face-to-face communication so that we can build that trust and those relationships so we can have the influence with people and to be able to change the fire service and leave it better than we found it. No matter if you're the first in, uh, lowest firefighter probationary, we need to do more communication with them. The veterans, the senior firefighters on the back step need to take these guys under their wing and show them what the fire service is about, show them what brotherhood really truly means. And I ask a lot of the older crowd, and I should have asked this one, where's brotherhood at today compared to where it was 20 years ago? And they say, well, it's not as tight. Well, who's to blame? It's not the fire chief, it's us. And if you want to strengthen the brotherhood, then come in and be a brother or a sister firefighter and take care of those that are around you just like we take care of the people that we serve. But it's all too often I hear people complain just constantly. And it just the, the one thing I tell officers, if you want to improve the performance, just one thing that you want to do to improve performance of your crew, be the first one to the truck when the tones sound, whether it's fire or EMS. And we were all young once and we were enthusiastic and we get our gear on, and we jump on the back step, and we're waiting, and then we watch some sloth slowly walk <laughs> to the truck. And you know how long it takes to tear down that enthusiasm off that young person, and they become the sloth. And then there we are, stuck in Groundhog Day of what we are breeding uh, in ourselves. And that's the same way with communications. So we don't do really well. You know, we solve the problems around the kitchen table, but we're not throwing that stuff up to the top. So the communication thing that I did today was an activity that I had in a first class that I did for officer development. And I was saying, give me some, you know, let's throw a problem out and let's solve it as a group. And then I was like, man, this is such valuable information to a fire chief. I don't know any fire chief that doesn't want to know how to improve their organization. But people out there have it. It's just you got to direct them to give it. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we had more uh, meetings with people out on the comp- out on the street, then we would start turning these conversations that are meaningless into meaningful conversations and how to come, uh, you know, push that organization forward and do good. So for the fire chiefs, it's just what I said earlier today. I think they need to understand. I know you guys are busy. I, you know, for anybody that's a fire chief out there, I know there's not enough time in the day, but understand there will never be enough time in the day. There will never be enough days in the week. So you have got to force yourself to get out there in the companies and get to know your people, if anything else, informally, not formal. If the people respect you, they can't get enough FaceTime. If they do not respect you, they don't want to see you. Mm-hmm. That's it, a great it, point. You know. yeah. yeah, that's a great point. So, and that's going to tell you, if they all run when you walk in the firehouse, then maybe there's another problem. You need to take another look in the mirror. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but we need more fire chiefs to, you know, because that is a number one complaint that I get from young firefighters. I've been on three years, and I've only got a two-minute conversation with the fire chief. And it may be a department of 20 people. I'm like, seriously? That, that, you know, that's, that just that shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. And it's just like when Chief Malone comes around at Indianapolis, every, you know, he shakes everybody's hand and, and stuff, and everybody just feels so good when he's around. It's just not enough of him to go around every day to a department that size. But, man, if it was, could you imagine the impact of, of something like that, of just building those relationships mm-hmm. and a communication and then a trust and – then it go into, uh, you know, what leadership is about, and that's the influence. Well, and the other thing that, uh, you know, you touched a little bit on was words are, you know, words are said, and but they're, and they're heard, but 
you had, how, how'd you put that? You said that words are said, but when they you, can hear your words, but they feel your attitude, they feel yes. your attitude. Yes. And, and, and so like bringing an energy to the room, bringing a positive energy to the room. So I, cause I, I, I bring up that because I, I think about some different individuals that I've been around or that I've worked for in the past. And when they, their energy, when they entered the room was automatically like standoffish, you know, it was automatically yep. just negative and, you know, attitude is contagious. One way or the other, positive or negative, it is contagious. And it's like you just like automatically shut down. And I I feel like so that that kind of really just hit home saying like, hey, you know, no matter what our day is, especially as as you become company officers and you become leaders within your organization at any level, assistant chief, deputy chief, fire chief, uh, you you whether you're tired or not tired, it's it doesn't really matter. Like you your your attitude has so much bearing on everybody else. Um, so like if you if you break it down the way I looked at it is as fire chief you're breaking it down to you have the impact on not only your company officers but then you have the impact on all the firefighters and then, and the, and then the company officers have impact on the firefighters. So if you think about the impact of like how it's spread across the amount of people, if you're fire chief walking into a room and you already have like a negative attitude, then how do you expect your firefighters to have a positive attitude? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's just, that, that brings you in, right? That brings you in to be able to find out, just go tell them what it is. And maybe it's to say, hey, deliver the message a little bit better. Talk to your people, you know, be approachable, uh, you know, just just bring a different energy to the room. Yeah, and that's if I do the problem solving. Now, some departments I go in, they just do the, I just do the motivational speak where I try to inspire the people. But in order to do that, we have to got to get to the truth. And I yeah. have to sit there and unwind everything that they've been told and trained that it's all the fire chief's fault. You know, the morale's fire chief's fault. The way, you know, it, we didn't do this. It's the fire chief's fault. And it's like, no, guys, we need to start taking a look on what the real problems are in the fire service, and it's us killing us. Mm-hmm. And when that, when well, those people start accepting what it is, then they can be inspired to turn it around and stop the naysayers. You know, because I do believe the majority of a fire department is good people. And just a handful are the negative yep. people sitting at the bottom. And if I can do it in a way like I was doing today – that typically the answer is 10%. 10% sitting at the bottom are the ones that are never going to be happy no matter what. We're never going to be able to eliminate them. Somebody's always going to be unhappy. But what about the 90%ers taking away that audience? Mm-hmm. That's half the battle right there because they're the ones that's pointing blame and they're in denial and they're creating drama, and we don't need that. We need to eliminate that in the fire Yeah, service. you said you needed to get the 90%, get them going in the right direction. And not that you're just like forgetting about it, because like even if it's at 10% or call it five and five, five that's teeter-totting, you know, like, hey, they, some days are good, some days are, you know, it just takes that one other person on that other, that extreme 5% that, you know, motivates the other one to be negative that day or whatever. So maybe one's kind of in between, but you just got to mainly get the main bulk of the group going in the right direction in a positive way. And I think that, you know, you're off to the, at least off to the right start. Right. And I tell them, you guys were screwed up or I ever walked in here. So we ain't got nowhere to go but up. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah we, that's true. It's a new day. So we got, to, why not try? But yeah. Why not try to make it better and go forward? Because yesterday was yesterday, yep. and that's in the past. So one department I was at, they said, we've tried this reset two or three times, and it hasn't worked. And I said, I'm truly sorry it didn't. But today's a new day. Yeah. Let it go. Yep. Yeah. Let it go, and let's go forward. we got no way, you know, nowhere to go but up, so why not try? Even if you don't think your guy's listening, let's try. And if he doesn't listen, then you still come out and make the difference that you can in the companies. Yep. 
and groom the next fire chief that actually gets it if you don't like that one. Thank you for tuning in to the Triple P Podcast, premier, professional, and proactive, brought to you by the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association. If you'd like to hear more, follow us on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you feel so inclined, please help us spread the word by telling your fire and EMS friends about this channel.